Message from Starfleet Command, top priority. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 104, featuring the top five sports references. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse, and I am the host of the Trek Ranks Podcast. And tonight, Trek Ranks is Sports Ball Central as we tackle the top five sports references with a crew of Star Trek fans that love both Trek and sports. And there's a lot of different ways to look at uh, sports inside of Trek, which we're going to get into in a minute in our diagnostic cycle. But first, let's introduce our lineup for tonight's contest. Impressive. You're looking at a true sports aficionado. First up, returning for the 11th time here on Trek Ranks, it's our good friend, Jen Tift, Edith Quarks. Welcome back, Jen. Oh, thanks. It's great to be here talking about two of my favorite things today. Yes, Trek and sports. She is the co-host of snap track the most awesome other podcast out there and our second guest is my oldest star trek friend we've been friends now for like 30 years he's a huge sports fan he's a huge trek fan it's john deniston but you can call him the deniston that's what we all do the deniston welcome john Thanks, Morehouse. Appreciate it. And, and and let me just also add how thrilled I am to be uh, sharing my first experience with uh, Eat at Quarks. Yes. Oh, thanks. That <laughs> Appreciate is it. awesome. I, I'm actually uh, shocked that John listens to Trek Ranks. So, but we have talked about it many times. I'm like, okay, I got to get you on then at some point. So if we're doing sports, like this is the perfect one. So, John, uh, ironically, I don't actually know your trek origin story and of course know how we met and how we got into trek and watched it together but what's your uh what is your actual trek origin story and you are a completist right i'm almost sure of that. uh i'm about a 90 percent because there's, there's probably, some tos yeah that's correct yeah there's yeah. probably about it's it's embarrassing to say there's probably about 20 tos episodes that i've not watched yeah. which you think your knee jerk is well why don't you just sit down and watch them but there's just so much other Trek to watch that it's hard to get back into it, but I, I will get there eventually. All right. Well so, then, yeah. How did you, well, so how did it start for you? I don't even know this. Yeah. So Trek origin story, you know, I've always been a science fiction fan growing up. Uh, I was never exposed to it as much. I grew up in rural Massachusetts and I, so I didn't have cable until I got into college, which also shows how old I am. You know, I was able only able to watch sci-fi whenever I could uh, I was really big into this uh, cartoons, Japanese style called Star Blazers. Oh, it had this, wow. yeah, yeah. So it had the big uh, battleship that flew in outer space. And it was actually a serialized cartoon, which I thought, uh, you know, interesting for for that time and day. But so, you know, I always watched like the the movies, uh, the, the Black Hole movie, all of this. And then, you know, obviously the Star Trek movie. So really got into it for the for the movies. And then getting into college is when Next Generation came out. So I remember watching the opening uh, show in the uh, in the in the lounge in my dorm, and you know, getting excited about it. But once again, and I've heard this on other Trek Ranks episodes, where you're in college, it's hard to really kind of get you know super super into it. So yep. you know, I, I kind of dabbled in Trek. Obviously, like I said, I watched a lot of the movies, but it wasn't until I moved to Kansas City 
for my first job. And uh, there was a guy I worked with there who was just a huge, huge Trek fan. And that really just reignited the fire. And I started watching a lot more Trek. We would, uh, we would actually have marathons where we'd just sit down and watch Trek all day and come up with our own favorite characters. And uh, he was actually the first one I went to my first uh, Star Trek convention with, uh, with <laughs> William Shatner. So, oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Oh my God. Yeah. So there was, uh, so that's what really kind of ignited it and, and got me into it. I've been to it ever since. That was the one where the lady told me, we don't open the toys. No. <laughs> when right. I, I was standing that's at a table right. and I was kind of like that's looking right. inside this box, already kind of sheepish and I was basically buying a little toy and I'm 27 years old. Sir, we don't open the toys. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God. That's funny. embarrassing. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it uh, stuck with you. <laughs> it has. It has. It scarred me. I felt like the whole convention was looking over my shoulder. It was a different time back then. Now it's it was like, a different toys, now. yes, let's do it. Right. Okay, that is awesome, but I can't get out of that without saying, our star blazers. <laughs> I love that show. Our, yeah, that was so great. With, <laughs> the, awesome. with the wave motion gun. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, Jan, do you know Star Blazers? Sorry, nope. Okay. It's actually like Battleship Yamato or something. Yamato. Yamato. Yeah. Uh, It's a Japanese show. Uh, It's it's basically a battleship in space. It's pretty cool. Sounds cool. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's get into our Trek Ranks recalibration. Let's start with something small, like a recalibration of the EPS manifolds. As regular listeners will know by now, general order number one of the Trek Ranks charters that we love Trek and we love to rank Trek via some deep dive topics is to get the conversation started. And remember, it's not about the ranks. That's just our excuse to talk about Star Trek. Because as Mr. Spock himself has said, our show is all about... Infinite diversity in infinite combinations, symbolizing the elements that create truth and beauty. No wrong answers, not about being right or definitive in any way. It's just about sharing the things we love about Star Trek, and we love it all. From TOS to TNG, straight through to Enterprise and the Kelvin timeline, and now Discovery, Short Treks, Star Trek Picard, and Lower Decks as well. It's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks podcast. Black alert. Black alert. And a reminder that this episode of Trek Ranks is current through 801 episodes of Star Trek, which translates to the third season of Star Trek Discovery. And one final note that we use episodes as a shorthand term, but the 13 films are always in play as well. I boost the power to the communications bandwidth. And we appreciate that bandwidth boost, Mr. Kim. You can find Trek Ranks on subspace at trekranks.com. And you can contact me directly on Twitter at Trek Ranks or at Enterprise Extra. And you can also call and leave us a message with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP. That's 609-512-5527. All right, Jen and John, why don't you guys let everybody know how they can get a hold of you on subspace. Jen. Yeah, you can catch me on Twitter. I'm at Eda Quarks. And you can catch my podcast, which is Snap Trek. And that's also on Twitter at Snap Trek. Lots of great Trek content there. John, tell them about your Twitter, but you need to tweet more about Star Trek, man. Yeah, my Twitter is uh, is, is a little bit more Section 31 uh, than, <laughs> than not. I'm, I'm, I'm much more of a lurker on Twitter, but <laughs> I am at the Deniston. Yeah, if you post some good stuff on Trek, I will, um, I'll be more than happy to comment. Okay, yeah, that's you are a lurker yes. uh, in Section 31. Okay, let's get into our level one diagnostic to get into this topic. Run a level one diagnostic series. Come. 
So this week's diagnostic cycle is going to be a fun one. We've got three big sports fans here, and I want to get a little bit in a little bit of insight and and try and explain the allure of sports. And some of you may not be big sports fans. Some of you might be huge sports fans. I don't know. I know you're all Star Trek fans. Otherwise, you would not be listening to a podcast called Trek Ranks. So Jen and John, a couple of quick questions. First for you, Jen. I want to hear what your favorite sport is. I think I know your favorite team. I also want to hear that. <laughs> but I also want to hear your just quick synopsis on hey, what is it about sports? Why are they? What, what's the allure? Oh, that, well, that's an interesting question. Uh, my, my favorite sport is indeed NFL football. And I am a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan. Live and breathe. <laughs> Uh, Philly sports, especially the Eagles. Yeah, as far, the allure of sports, there's so much. I mean, God, oh, we could we could go, we could just have the the whole <laughs> podcast about this. I think it'll it's, come up a lot in this podcast. Yeah, it it will. A lot of my picks go back to to what I love about sports. But uh, like like you, Jim, I, I'm a I'm a stat person too. Yeah. Uh, so I love that aspect of it. I, lo- I love analyzing every little detail <laughs> minute thing um anything that you can uh, have a stat for i'm there um i love watching sports i love playing sports um there's just there's just something about getting your adrenaline going and you've been into it your whole life yeah yeah i've always been a, i've always been a sports fan when i was young i was i was more into the stats that like i, I was i was one of those uh, kids always like scribbling in a notebook, like, <laughs> you know, going through all the stats for all the games. And, you know, just from there, I guess I, I got more into it, you know, started playing sports. <sighs> it's hard to explain what it is that that just that's true. Yeah. Way and to connect with people to for me. It, it's also it's hard to explain why it why you care so much. That's yes. just that's going to be at the root of kind of my yeah. stuff here. I mean, it's a good point, too. I mean, I mean why? Like, Who cares? I, I'm not. I do. <laughs> I know. It's like there's another season. There's another game. Who cares? It matters. But it, matters. it matters. Every every game matters. Every, my mood the next day depends on <laughs> whether my team won or lost that day. And yeah. and it's just it's, it's devastating. It's it's emotions. It's passion. It's yeah. it's devastating okay. when you lose. It's it's euphoric when you when your team wins, whether you're playing or even just watching. You know? I think that uh, that defined it well. If it if it is still super nebulous to to why it yeah. affects us all. So, yeah. John, how about you? What's uh, I'm curious what your answer is going to be because I know you have a couple of passions here. But what's your favorite sport team, and just what is it about sports for you? Yeah, so probably my favorite teams right now is a lot of it's focused around uh, San Diego State University. Yep. Uh, so that's really been my big thing, just following Aztecs football, Aztecs basketball, just being a super homer when it comes to that. But in terms of other sports, you know, I, I like a lot of them. A lot of times for me, it's more about what's the new one that's coming up mm. or what are the, you know, the playoffs. That's a, you know, a big, exciting thing for me. And that kind of lends into, you know, what I like about sports is when, and it sounds a little bit strange to say, but when sports really matter, when you get into the playoffs, when you get into, you know, World Cup qualifying, when there's something really on the line, the regular season, I mean, it's interesting to me and it's a fun sort of diversion to kind of sit back, relax and and watch a game and kind of watch some of the strategies. But when there's something really at play, like, you know, win or go home, 
that's when it's like, it, it's, it's thrilling to me. It's that excitement. I, you know, I liken it to, you know, the reason why you appreciate any sort of drama, any sort of good, you know, television show or, or movie, you know, when you're on the edge of your seat, cause you just don't know what's going to happen, but you've vested this time to watch it. And it's, you know, something that Jen said struck me. It was that it's that passion. You get just completely absorbed and completely involved into it. And you're right. There is no rhyme or reason. Why do I care? Because the red shirts are beating the blue shirts. (laughs) It doesn't, you know, it's, but there is something about it where you get yourself involved, you become part of this community. And, uh, you know, for me, it, it always goes back to also like, you know, the old wide world of sports, the the thrill of victory and the, and the agony of defeat. It, it really, it, it ties into your emotions. So. And that, I like what you said, that sense of community, that's a big part of it for me too. Yeah. I feel like when you feel like a part of something and, you know, and everyone's feeling the same way you are and, and you can share that you can share the lows and the highs and it, it's, it's just special. Uh, thrill of victory, agony of defeat. That sums it up. So I was going to mention in kind of my little synopsis here. I'm a, I'm a diehard Oakland Raiders fan, Los Angeles Raiders fan, Oakland Raiders fan, Las Vegas Raiders fan. I have been <laughs> since before they ever won a Super Bowl in the 70s. I fell in love with them and their highs and lows have, you know, affected me since I was literally seven years old. I can't even explain it. But the way I always tell there, so Nick Hornby is a very famous author that a lot of people know, High Fidelity, About a Boy. Yeah. But his first book was this tiny little book, 100. 15, 20 pages that I read, I've read it 20 times called Fever Pitch. And it's all about, it's the first thing he ever wrote and it's how he got famous. It defines perfectly how sports has affected his life. He's a huge Arsenal fan in England. And the, the synopsis of it is that he explains perfectly in this book how he knows that every single person in his life is affected when they see an Arsenal score because they either feel bad for him or good for him. <laughs> and in a, in a real deep emotional way. And I'm like, yeah. that is, I mean, this, I'm reading this book. Like this is me. I mean, like my whole family is like, shit, did the Raiders win? They, oh, okay. Don't talk to Jimmy. The Raiders didn't win. You know, it's literally <laughs> give Jim a day to de- decompress. <laughs> literally to the point that like not two months ago, there was a the bad Raiders loss and my mom sends a, a text. My 88 year old mom sends a text to my wife. Is Jimmy in his room till Tuesday under the sheets crying? You know, I'm just like, <laughs> she's trolling me. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it. So anyway, I highly recommend fever pitch. It's, it's the best definition of it for me. Okay. Before we get out of the diagnostic cycle, Little, this is it's debate time, Jen. We've talked about this a little bit, so <laughs> oh, no. a, a couple, little, so a little bit of background for me in sports too. There's gonna be a lot of, a lot of new information in this podcast stuff I haven't really talked about um, in terms of my background and, and profession. So about, so I've been in, I've been working in sports professionally since I was 19 years old. So that's uh, a long time. That's like 35 years, <laughs> and I work in uh, in soccer. But the NFL is my love at this point. So when I looked at this topic, I really wanted to make sure we talk about what I think is a fun topic. It's sports versus not a sport, which John has heard me rant about many times. And Jen, we've had discussions about mm-hmm. it. So, so here comes the fun <laughs> debate on the sport or not a sport debate. I'm very staunch on the definition. 
Editor's note. Jim and Jen just argued for 30 minutes about sports versus not a sports. We're going to cut that out. <laughs> and Jen, you kind of know it about me. Oh, I know it. Oh, okay. All right. You and, you and I are assholes in the same way, so that's why we get along. You win, Jen. Okay. We all, all right. win. We're all sports fans. We are. All right. Let's get into our prime directives. But what you're proposing is exactly the kind of tampering the Prime Directive prohibits. All right, Jen, after all that, how did you <laughs> define your Prime Directive in order to finalize your top Trek sports references? Okay. Oh, well, Trek is my biggest fandom, or maybe sports is. <laughs> These are my top two fandoms. So this is this is really, you know, a special list for me. So it's, I made it a real personal list, too. Uh, so, so for my prime directive, I looked for places in Star Trek where Star Trek relates to sports in the same way I relate to sports. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of moments like, like for the love of the game moments, yep. but also like I mentioned earlier, it, it's bonding moments, people using in Trek using sports as, as bonding moments. Um, cause that's a, re- that's really big for me. You know, I, I have a hard time relating to people in general and for some reason it's just easier when there's sports involved, when there's a ball you can throw <laughs> to each other or what, you know, or whatever, or watching your favorite team together. Like for some reason, it's just easier for me to relate to people like that. So I really love seeing those moments in track. This, this was, this was an accident. I didn't do this on purpose, but this is also how I relate to sports. Four out of my five picks contain trash talking. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and I totally did not do that on purpose, but it's kind of perfect because You're an I'm a Philadelphia fan. fan. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So that just worked out perfectly. <laughs> okay, that is fantastic. I'm excited to hear that. My list is, my prime directive is nothing like that. John, how about you, man? Awesome. So for my prime directive, I first and foremost, I wanted to uh, start off with, I, I just want to pick five episodes of Star Trek that I want to talk about. Now, I understand that Morehouse is thinking, well, that's every one of them. So how do you even do that? <laughs> yeah, but I, this will become a little bit more clear later on um so it's a little bit of a tease but that was sort of like all right I, this is an episode i want to talk about but then digging down into actual sports references i really wanted the reference to have some sort of meaning uh some sort of purpose not just throw away reference or hey look that person's wearing a particular outfit for yeah. a particular sport you know i felt like it had to be somewhat reflective of the character or the characters or the crew you know, an example would be hypothetically, if you just saw, you know, Garrick running down to the hollow suite to play badminton, you know, it's like, okay, that's not anything to do with anything. It it doesn't make any sense. So I just wanted there to be some sort of significance, not requirement, but I wanted it to be, you know, an element in the fabric of the story and, and the series that, that, that was referenced. Okay, that also is nothing like my prime director. I love this. So at first, my I thought it was going to be easy because I really wanted to just make it all about sports that were made up for Star Trek. And when I say sports, I mean like <laughs> actual sports, not like tabletop games or video games or card games or anything like that. And when I kind of put those qualifiers on, there actually are not that many. There's like a half a dozen legitimate references to made up sports in the history of Trek that kind of fit that criteria of not being like, you know, Fizbin or Stratagem or something. So that was crazy to me. So I realized that wasn't really working. 
So I just went back to it and looked at kind of broader sports, but then I had a ton of qualifiers. So I had no board games, no video games, no card games, no racing sports of any kind. So sorry, Captain Freeman, I, I can't pick your, your hydro scoot exploits <laughs> at the academy. There's no fighting sports. I, I hate boxing and I hate wrestling and MMA. Sorry, not sorry. The, those are, I just can't get into those. So no references to gambling. So there's no quad loots. And then to make it even more crazy, I decided to have five different sports represented. And then from there, so I just, I had some cool moments. I had some really, really tiny, small moments that are exactly what you were just talking about eliminating, John, that are on my list. I have some huge, big, epic ones that really measured Trek. And I also ended up with a split between real sports and made up Trek sports. So I had a ton of criteria on my list to kind of break it all down. And uh, my last thing I'll say, because I got a lot of sports opinions, so apologies in advance for that. But I also, I, there's one more thing I, tr- I I started with, and John, you'll appreciate this. I was going to eliminate baseball because baseball is not one of my favorite sports. Since I was a kid, I really didn't like baseball, which is sad for me because obviously it became so prevalent in Trek. And I've grown to appreciate it a lot more because of Star Trek and they're using it in that space. So if... Uh, at some point down the road, when we're if we're ever in the same place, anybody listening, I have a uh, I have a quite a screed, ten point screed about baseball, John. That you you've heard many times. Something about third rate motor skills, something yes, like that. The, yeah, no third. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it. Third, third grade motor skills. Third grade motor skills. That's <laughs> it's right. Been a while. Sorry. It's been a while. Yeah, I, yeah. I I tune most of it out to be quite yes. honest. <laughs> As you should. So anyway, I did not eliminate baseball and it did make my list somewhere. So, okay. There's a ton of ways to look at sports. This is going to be awesome. Let's get into it with first Kudekaton. It'll be alphas like us that determine the future of this quadrant. That will be the new order of things. Thank you, First Kudekaton. And as always, a reminder on how we're going to go through the order of things. First, everyone will start with their five-word summary and a hashtag to tease their pick. Then we'll each reveal our top five sports references in Trek and the specific reasons we're highlighting it. And, of course, an episode that we think showcases that pick. And at the end, we'll ask everyone for some secondary systems picks for the sports that just missed our list. And as always, if you have any duplicate picks, make sure you listen for the Defiant Torpedoes. Okay, Jen, let's kick this off with you. What is your number five pick for your top five sports references? All right, let's do this. Uh, My top five pick, the best that ever played. Hashtag, I know, I've played with them all. Hashtag go. (laughs) Two hashtags for that one. This is D Space Nine, season one, episode 16, If Wishes Were Horses. This is Buck Bakai. Buck Bakai. I couldn't not have Buck Bakai on my list. He's one of my favorite of the weird characters. (laughs) These weird characters. He's one of my favorites. I love him so much. And and this this episode just is about the relationship between sports and, and, and the fans. Now, Cisco gets to meet Buck Bakai, his baseball hero, Buck Bakai hero, but it's not actually Buck Bakai, right? It's, it's an alien. It's the classic Star Trek, you know, an alien testing humanity <laughs> to, to see if they're ready <laughs> kind, of, right, kind right. of episode. Uh, but he took the form of Buck Bakai. Um, and it's and it's cute. He comes out of the Holocene and, and Jake says, he fo- you know, he followed me home. <laughs> <laughs> but but the alien in Buck Bakai's form is, is, is fascinating 
to begin with. Um, he's really interested in in why Cisco is so invested in Buck Bakai and this man who played a game, you know, two hundred years ago. Um, he finds that fascinating. I think that you know, it's like that. Like that's a cool, unique thing about humans that you could have an affection for someone you've never met. And he says, and and uh, he gets really into his persona. Uh, he's, you know, he uses sports meta, bunch of sports metaphors. He says it ain't over till it's over, and uh, you know, we've learned that you can never tell how someone will treat the visiting team. <laughs> Trying to figure out the rules of your game, you know, so he really gets into it, which is really fun. Um, but but the reason this made my list is because there's this lovely scene where they're taught, you know, Ben and and Buck, and they're talking about uh, Buck as a as a player and Cisco as a fan, and and actually there's some. Trash talking here. This is the trash talking moment. Uh, is is Buck Bukai? You know, he talks about like, what if I don't just disappear? You know, <laughs> what if I what if I'm around here forever? He's like, he says, you got room on your team for switch hitting third baseman with good power. And Cisco goes, good power from the left side. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which I love. And then, you know, then Buck's like, yeah, hey, I hit over you know twenty homers right handed and what you know what. That's awesome. And Cisco's like, yeah, never you know not that much after that. And and, and they have you know they have that that great back and forth about it. But they talk. But it's also they talk about the end of baseball right um and 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 buck buck says like how much it meant to him that ben was cheering him on you know during the last world series and ben says you're the best that ever played i know i played with them all and and he winks at him and and it's just such a great moment showcasing like that special bond between you know the players and the fans and the team and the fans and the game itself and the fans and and I just I just love it I love that about Ben and I love I love that we have this character of Buck Bakai who's just like the sports hero he's been mentioned in Deep Space Nine Next Generation and Voyager <laughs> um, which wait which Next just, Generation too yeah well n- not by name in Next Generation. But they talk about, uh, you know, the shortstop for the London Kings who broke D- Joe DiMaggio's record. Oh, that's right. And yes. then they specifically yeah, yeah. took yes. that line yes, when they it. made when, yeah, yeah, when yeah. they when they formulated the character awesome. of Kai, which I think is cool. And then he's mentioned my name in, in Voyager too. Yeah, um, I, I love how this funny. pick fits so perfectly into your prime directive and <laughs> and all the discussion we've had about our feelings for why sports yeah. are matter. This pick summarizes it as good as any could. That's awesome. Uh, John, what's your take on if wishes were horses? Uh, I, this is a great pick. Uh, I will. I will say this. Made this was on my secondary system, so mm-hmm. I actually, yeah, I watched this just a uh, few days ago to mm-hmm. doing my doing my Trek ranks homework. And uh, Jen, you hit on uh, uh, several things that really struck it for me. The one thing that, that I also loved about it was how Buck or the alien, we'll call him Buck for <laughs> lack of anything better, but he kept calling him Ben. You know, it was that mm. friendly thing. He never called him Commander. He never called him Commander Cisco. He never said anything like that. It was always Ben. It was always Ben. It was always very friendly. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I love the smile on Cisco's face when he when he fired off that uh, you know good power from the left <laughs> sideline. That was just the look on his face because it was it was friendly banter. Yeah. Um, and then the wink. Yeah, I, I put multiple exclamation points in my notes on that because of that <laughs> wink. And, you know, I, I, I was watching it just wondering, it's like, was that in the script or was that just, you know, Avery just having a blast and having fun with this guy? Oh, yeah, that does sound like an Avery Brooks. Edition, yeah, it, it felt like it. it didn't seem like <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, appropriate, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And then, of course, it, it, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention in that episode, you also got uh, a Gunji jock dog running around the promenade, the, uh, the emu ostrich looking thing 
that somebody had gathered up in their imagination, which I thought was just a lot of fun. That's right. Awesome summary. God, that's really, really good from both of you guys. What a what an awesome pick. Okay, John, how about you? What's your number five pick? Okay, before I get to my number five pick, I, I need a little bit of, of background story on this one. So, you know, as I think we talked about, I did work in professional sports. I worked in professional sports for about uh, four years, three of them in, in Kansas City, as you know, Morehouse. And during like my last year there, uh, I was running around the stadium, driving my golf cart, probably dropping off water bottles or something stupid like that. And I was driving around trying to get back into the stadium. And as I was driving around, and I looked out to the parking lot and I could see, you know, a few cars were coming in and some people were tailgating out there. And I looked and I saw these two guys out there and they were just sort of kicking the soccer ball back and forth to each other, not being competitive, not like doing, you know, one-on-one, just kind of kicking the soccer ball back and forth with each other, you know, beer in hand, just relaxing and enjoying the day before they were going to go in and watch the match. And I sat there for a second. I looked and I thought, that's what I like about sports. Not this nonsense, sweating, you know, like crazy in the hot, you know, summer Kansas City humidity. I like that. That's what I like about sports. Hanging out with your buddies, just kicking the soccer ball and enjoying it and enjoying for what it is. So when Morehouse presented this topic to me, this was the first episode that popped into my head because of that. Uh, So my five words are bonding over sports and beer, hashtag Stanford versus Texas. And this is uh, episode 21 Um, of Enterprise Season 1, Vox Sola. Oh, man, that's a great pick. So, yeah, so the background on this was the very beginning of this episode. This is when they were uh, meeting with the Kratosans, and they they offended the Kratosans, you know, to an nth degree, and they had no idea why. I think it was, you mate like you eat. And so Archer was, like, just really in a downer mood was just really upset. This first contact had gone completely poorly. Um, you know, we're still in season one of Enterprise. So this is one of the first uh, first contacts that they've gone through. So he's in his office and he's just stewing, just, you know, in a really foul mood. And and Trip comes by and he says, oh, you know, as the captain of the music, oh, I, I wouldn't interrupt him. He's like, I'll take my chances. And he goes in and he's like, and he brings out the little memory card. And he's like, Look what I got here. And all of a sudden you see Archer's eyes light up and it's the, the finals, the water polo finals that he's bringing. <laughs> and, and Tripp it doesn't really know water polo at all, but he knows that his captain and his friend, you know, are, is just in a down, down state. And he knows something that will cheer him up. And so what's he do? He brings out some sports and they sit there and they watch a little bit later. They watch the, uh, the, the match, the water polo match of Stanford versus Texas Stanford, I believe being Archer's uh, alma mater. And they're sitting there with pretzels and beer and just watching the water polo and trips starting to get into it, trying to figure it out. And uh, you know, he even makes a reference to preferring football to, I think he says the, the off tackle out of the backfield. But then they also brought it forward in the message as both uh, Trip and Archer were caught up in the uh, in the alien webbing, for lack of a better term. So they were talking about how Archer in the playoffs against Princeton, they were two goals down with one minute left. And you know, he's like, and, and what was I thinking? And Trip's like, that you were going to win the game. You always thought you were going to win the game. And I just thought that that was really underlining the Archer character and who he was as a captain. But then Trip sharing this moment with him was underlining Trip as a friend to, to Jonathan Archer. So 
Hold on, I need to go watch Vox Solo right now because that's awesome. Um, I did. I thought about water polo in different spots. I didn't think about this one. It's so purely sports. That's what it's all about. Jen, what's your take on this? Uh, I could talk about it now, or we could wait till my next pick. <laughs> what? Okay, let's hold on then. That is amazing. I'm gonna. So let me do this because your guys' two picks were awesome. Mine is this is the smallest, tiniest reference. Uh, that's probably ever been a pick on Trek ranks. So we're going to, uh, I'll get this out of the way. My five words and a hashtag baseball argument. Bashir prefers tennis hashtag. And I prefer soccer. And the episode is past tense. Part two, deep space nine. It's a really tiny moment, but as a soccer person in 1995, working in the sport again, John and I worked together for four or five years in San Diego and Kansas city. And I have tracked every soccer reference in Star Trek. I did this long before Memory Alpha was a thing. <laughs> Love it. There are six. There, uh, there's a six official specific references to soccer in Trek now, which was always easy to count. Now I have to add on top of that everything with uh, Rios from Star Trek Picard because there's a yes. million soccer references around Rios now. So outside of Rios, there were six soccer references, and this is one of the earliest ones. And this moment comes in the Sanctuary District when the administrative woman who had checked in Cisco and Bashir and she's later taken hostage and Bashir treats her hypoglycemia. They're, they're all sitting around. I appreciate and, that moment. And, and this, well, this moment is also a Buck Bukai <laughs> moment because uh, basically what, what happens is that Vin and Bernardo, the two guards, are kind of arguing about about sports and Bashir chimes in and basically says, I don't know anything about baseball. I like tennis. And she just says soccer. That's all she says, one word soccer. And I just love that. It always stuck with me for like 25 years because for me, the timeline of it was amazing. I mean, at that point it was early 95, but now I look back on, it, I think, man, she was probably a huge U S women's national team fan because at that point they'd won one world cup. Now they've won, they would have won four by that time she was sitting there uh, being a soccer fan. And I just really thought that was cool. And I and I had a note in here that in terms of Star Trek predicting the future, this is an incredible moment here because there's a reference to Vin basically the argument is that Vin is saying the 99 Yankees were the best team ever. <laughs> this was four years before the 1999 Yankees won the World Series by sweeping the Atlanta Braves. So I always thought that was really weird. Of no, course the flip of that is that they said the team he was arguing with was the 2015 London Kings. So they didn't quite get that right. But <laughs> Buck, that was Buck Bakai's rookie season. That's right. It was. So it's super great. cool. And I'm just going to add one more note on this because I was researching it. This blew me away. And I think Star Trek fans will appreciate it. The guy who played Bernardo in that scene is Al Rodrigo. Turns out he's got this huge voice acting career. Guess who he was in Lower Decks? Captain Durango from Moist Vessel, the Tellarite captain. Are you kidding? Wow. Unbelievable, right? Wow. That guy, the guard, security no guard. I mean, who would know that? But the security <laughs> guard in Past Tense Part 2 is Captain Durango from Moist Vessel. Crazy. All right, so that's just a tiny little soccer reference oh, uh, of, of many. Uh, any quick take on that, John or Jen? Well, well yeah, I, I love them throwing the sports stuff in when they're in our time, right? you know, like, like the way they anchor it to our time. Like that's a thing. 
that, you know, sports was a thing, you know, now, quote unquote, and in the future. And, and, and I, and I love when they play like that. And, and uh, I like when they, they, they do always seem to manage to give um, other sports, you know, besides, you know, baseball, you know, (laughs) a little bit of do. And, and I like that. And, and, and like, and you're right, like soccer in that time, I, I was in high school and, and our, you know, on the girls soccer team. And, and that we, it was like our first year that we had a girls soccer team. Cause I, I, I grew up in the yeah. box. <laughs> soccer. But, but like it, yeah, but it was like big enough at that time that we could justify, you know, us ha- having our own team and, you know, and, and so, yeah, so it's, it's a good moment. Nineties were a good moment for women's soccer. And that's really cool that, that it was in there. That's it. For any young U S soccer fans out there, trust me, you have no idea what it was like in the early nineties. <laughs> for soccer in this country come a long way. Um, John, I any- think there, yeah, I was going to say, I think there was a football reference, right? Didn't they make, they like, Oh, they thought that uh, Cisco was a football player. And that's, oh, that's when right. he no, made the was, reference. Yeah. yeah. That was before, uh, that was when, uh, BC, the guy with the hat said, yeah, you would have been, you would have been a good football player. That's right. Yeah, he's like, no, 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 no. I like uh, for baseball. Yeah, yep. I prefer baseball. Yeah. What I liked about that whole thing is the is the conversation aspect of it, right? You know, it's it's just something that you can talk about automatically. Even if you don't know people that well, it's do you talk about the weather or you just talk about sports? Um, and I think that kind of gets back into that whole community thing that I was talking about. Um, and how you can ingrain yourself into a community. You just, you talk about sports. So I think it's yeah. a, it's a great pick. Perfect example of that. So, okay, let's go to round four. Jen, what's your pick? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Finer points of the game. Hashtag beer and pretzels. And this is also <laughs> Enterprise season one, episode 22, Voxola. <laughs> oh, and, and John, you, you broke it down so well. There's not too much I can add to it. Just that. This is a room I would want to be in. I would love to sit there having a beer, having some pretzels, watching the big game, you know, with my buds. And, and it, it just, it perfectly captures. I, I love that that sort of moment still happens in the future, you know, which is, which is just really fun. And I love Trip getting into it, you know, after, after he learns the, you know, the finer points and, and he does some trash talking. Here's the trash talking moment. And this one is, uh, is trips as Archer. Keep watching while Texas trounces your sorry California butts, <laughs> <laughs> which is such a perfect trip trash talk. <laughs> question, Jen, do you think Trip watched the end of it? No, because that was always a question for me when I was watching it. <laughs> was he, he just just tracking? Oh, yeah. Was he just trash talking or did he actually <laughs> just like, oh, skip the head a little bit? No, you know what? I don't think he did. I think he was getting into it. So he picked yeah. a side because it's more fun to pick a side. And, and of course, it's more fun to pick against Archer so he could have some trash. Of course. <laughs> of doesn't course. He, doesn't he also say something like, uh, I just, I had no idea there was so much strategy. I thought it was just 10 yeah. guys yes. clowning, yeah. playing around in the pool. Playing around in the pool. Yeah. Or something, so. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And and I love what you said. I just want to add just I love what you said at the end um about Archer's character because I picked up on that too. You know, Archer Archer says as soon as you give up, the game's lost. Uh, and yeah. just that defines that. Archer is relentless in everything he does from 
you know, season is... one through the end, he is relentless. And, and that's, that's a perfect sports metaphor for that. And I, and I think it's also important to show that, you know, they had this, this water polo reference and they continue used it. Yeah. I mean, he always had that, that, the, the ball in his office yeah. yep. he would, or in his ready room. And then he would throw it to people every once in a while. Right. Or, and then he even had his little weekender bag, you know, he, yep. that was his water yeah. polo bag. Yep. You know, I like just those small little things to keep it, you know, to keep that thread through the show. Like, no, this is legit. This is, you know, this is who Archer was. He he loved his water polo. Yeah. It's a, a hardcore gym. sport too. I'm sorry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I would last maybe 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Treading water. Like, <laughs> as far as I go. Yeah, forget <laughs> it. So, so, so is that a sport Morehouse? I'm cutting that out, John. I'm cutting out the whole <laughs> so There's no sport, not a sport conversation in any of this. Uh, I will say that my high school was like state champs water polo. We were. Uh, you guys had a. I grew up on an island, so. <laughs> you had a water polo team. We didn't know yeah, that was I a know. soccer team. <laughs> so, I didn't know what water polo was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Let's uh, go to John's number four pick. Okay. Number four pick. Uh, this uh, five words. Sports impacts in a blink. Hashtag don't tell me you're a lakeside supporter. This is, of course, episode 12 of Voyager season six, Blink of an Eye. So this was a very, very small reference, but it really struck a chord with me because of the passion. I mean, I think the scene where they talk about mountain versus lakeside, and Uh. this was when the, the doctor went down to the what was it? The the weird planet that moved very fast, and so did the people who lived there. As Naomi Wildman uh, wanted <laughs> to name her paper, but uh, you know he was down there for I think a total of three years. Their time, and how did he get involved in that community? He, he started following sports, and he just got that immediate like I mean the the immediate passion of you know whether he was mountain versus lakeside, and I just thought it was it was hilarious to me how passionate he was about it. That wasn't the hilarious part, but the fact that it's so arbitrary and this goes back into the red shirt, blue shirt, mountain lakeside. I mean, what's really the difference, but it mattered. It mattered to that, to that community. It mattered to that society. And it definitely mattered to the, to the doctor, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think his uh, thing was like, oh, if uh, the, the original Torellius had gone five and 12, you would have self-isolated or voluntary exile is what he said. So uh, I thought it was just, it was just a great reference um, to kind of show that, that passion and how quickly you can get involved in it. Incredible pick. I, I, this is one of my favorite references in that episode. One of my favorite episodes. It's a really pure soccer reference too. This is about tribal football, uh, European football uh, and, and England and, uh, it's basically mountain or lakeside is code for you know city or united basically in terms of how uh, cities or rangers or celtic you know that kind of thing so really really awesome pick i can't believe i didn't think of it because i love this moment uh jen what's your take on this one i love this pick i love this moment this is um uh, this is my favorite episode this is on my secondary systems yeah. uh, it was hard to cut but I, I love too how everything you said was spot on, John. Um, but I love too how uh, Daniel Day Kim like like gives him the side eye <laughs> when he asks him. It's like mountain or lakeside. <laughs> like he's testing him. You know, <laughs> if you're re- if you're really down there, you will have right. an opinion on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
And you better have the right one too. There was a smirk on his face for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, so like, and then, yeah. And then the passion, like the Trirelius. And I also love too, there's always like the sports elders yeah. who are always like, I was, a, I saw, you know, such and such. I saw Trirelius uh, play live, and, you know, whatever <laughs> against, yeah. what does he say? Like Red River. Or whatever. Red River. Yeah. That was the other one, which I thought was great. Another <laughs> just River. random arbitrary name, Mountain right, Lakeside right. and Red River. Right. Yeah. Telling the youngsters about the, you know, the, the, the sports triumphs that they witnessed back in the day. And it's, it's, it's just a delightful little scene. The information I brought back is in Voyager's database. Seven of Nine has been trying to make sense of it. She'll welcome your assistance. Mountain or Lakeside? Mountain, of course. Don't tell me you're a Lakeside supporter. You really were on the surface. <laughs> How are they doing this season? Not good. Five wins, 12 losses. I don't believe it. Who's guarding for them? Torellius. Any relation to the Torellius? His grandson. I saw the original defend for Mountain in the playoffs against Red River. That was before I was born. He would have gone into voluntary exile after a 5-12 season. This one's about pure sport because we don't know what the sport is. Right. All, all we know is it's a sport on that planet. So really, it's about what sports means. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's what sports means. Right. Awesome. Yes. Awesome pick, John. I can't believe I forgot about that one and all my research. Awesome job. Okay, my round four pick to close it out. Another tiny, small moment. It has nothing to do with anything, but I just love it because it's cool. And I always think about it. It's a cold open. It lasts about a minute. It has nothing to do with the episode. Five words and a hashtag. Game of Cargo Bay Catch, hashtag 50-yard pass with the flick of a wrist. And it is Enterprise Fortunate Son. And the opening moment of this episode, there the Cargo Bay captain and his first mate are playing catch with a football across, you know, 50 yards of open Cargo Bay in a low-grav setting right before the Noskins attack them. And I just love it. I think it's really cool. I'm, I'm always impressed by this scene because one thing that bothers me anytime sports are shown on TV is when you can tell it's fake and like the people can't actually, they're not moving right in terms of throwing or stuff. The dude who plays the captain, the older guy is Charles Chip Lucia. He was also the Trabe jerk in Voyager's Alliance. This guy can throw a football. It's his, his arm motion is so impressive. Anyway, I wanted to talk about it because I just think it looks really cool. The effects are great with the football, and it's an old-school football. It looks like a weathered NFL football, not like it doesn't have the white stripes on it, like college football. I just love it. Jen, what's your take on this one? My take is defying gravity has never been easier. Hashtag go long. <laughs> can't believe we have another duplicate. <laughs> oh, man. This one always sticks with me too, Jim. I mean, you broke it down really well. I love this so much. Just just the gentle toss. And you're right. He's got like the perfect form, you know, perfect uh, spiral. They just said gentle, gentle toss. And it goes the whole way across that big cargo bay. Perfect spiral. And uh, this was LeVar Burton directed this one. This is, he I did, this yes. But, but, but the, the thing I want to add about this is that I love this, introdu this introduction to these characters. These are characters we've never met. This is a ship we've never seen before. Yeah. But we know so much about them because of this. We know that these are our people. These are Earth people. You know? <laughs> and they're doing what they're, they're, they're sharing this cultural touchstone, uh, you know, from Earth. 
Um, they have, they obviously have a, you know, sort of like a father son relationship. I don't know if they are or not at this point, you know, but just the back and forth, they pretend it's a real game. They do that. You know, he's just like, ah, oh, touchdown, you know, yeah. uh, they, they have trash talk in this one. <laughs> it's, uh, he says, I'd like to see you make that catch with the gravity plating at earth sea level. <laughs> And then the guy, you know, retorts back. He says, I doubt you could throw the ball 10 meters on Earth, you know, but <laughs> in, in friendly, friendly way. Hold down in the corner of the end zone. Touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see you make that catch with the gravity plating at Earth's sea level. I doubt you could throw the ball 10 meters on Earth. One more reason not to go. Did you find out what was causing that vibration in module two? The cargo handler is a Jupiter station. They didn't balance a load. Sean Iwea, we trimmed it out. Keep an eye on it. Bridge to Captain Keen. We're under attack, sir. It's the Nausicans. Drop out of war, charge a plasma cannon. And I, I, I just I just love that they're showing us that these are these are our people. <laughs> and then when they get attacked by, by Nausicans, you know, it's like, oh no. I mean, not that you wouldn't care if they weren't Earthlings, but it's just it, it it's you're already like invested in this cargo ship and and i just i just love it and it always sticks with me it's just gorgeous too just the foot the football going across the cargo bay is just gorgeous it really is and you make it yeah, yeah. i was dis, i was dismissing it as kind of just a throwaway cold open but you're right it does kind of define these characters in a really clever way there's so much time to have dialogue right, right. everywhere to catch it you know when you see a scene like that you know on earth <laughs> You know, they have to like stop after a line because they're catching the ball. You know, <laughs> you get through this whole thing of dialogue. <laughs> they're talking about work issues. You know? I just need to give this actor, Charles Chip Lucy, a props again because his, yeah. I mean, this guy definitely played football when he was younger. His yeah. throwing motion is beautiful, it is gorgeous. Uh, John, what's your take on Fortunate Son, another duplicate? I mean, you guys really hit it with the the visual aspect of it. I mean, it, it is just it, it draws you in uh, from the get go in in just being able to watch that. But I also think it aligns really well with the with the whole boomer storyline in terms of yeah, these guys are out there, yeah. you know, for months and years on end. Uh, so what are you going to do with your time? You know, there's only so many books you can read. You've yeah. got to be able to come up with some sort of activities, and sports is, is it. Uh, and that's a nice way to do it. You know, it kind of gets into that casual. You still get a little bit of exercise with just sort of flicking the wrist, but it's more the the downtime. It's the it's the relaxation. And for these long types of long, you know, voyages, you, you need something like that. Uh, and it shows how they the boomers kind of to stick together, and and that's how they they do that. They bond over over sports. So yeah, I think it's a it's a perfect pick. I love it. So we have accelerated into the soup round. It is John's pick, third round. What do you got, John? Eat your soup, courtesy of a loyal establishment, Joland Troop. All right, soup round. Uh, so five words: sports forges the crew together. Hashtag this feels like an octrin fertility contest, and it is episode seven of Enterprise season four, The Forge. Yes. So yes. So this one, this one is where I bend, but don't necessarily break my prime directive because uh, still it falls under the category of eh, it's an episode of Star Trek I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, but really it's at the beginning of this. This is. Uh, the crew of the Enterprise is, is in the launch bay and uh, they're playing basketball and they're just, you know, enjoying their downtime. They've introduced Flocks to the game, who's 
just picked it up in a heartbeat and Hoshi <laughs> laments like we need to switch teams because he's just way too good. So yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just a, it was just a fun moment uh, to show how the crew kind of takes some downtime. They're doing, you know, making good use of the launch bay. Once again, on these long voyages, it's, it's nice to be able to have some downtime. That's another game. <laughs> one one to two. <laughs> Time to switch sides again, Doctor. Certainly. <laughs> this is the most enjoyable sport. <laughs> Reminiscent of octrine fertility contests. I'm good. <laughs> Captain, I've just spoken with Starfleet Command. Except we're uh, fully clothed, which is probably for the best. Uh, and then obviously the octrine fertility contest reference from Flocks, except now they're all fully clothed is... Uh, very funny, but so now this is where this is where you get your your classic Deniston overanalysis. So you're going to have to excuse this bit. So as I watched the rest of this episode in my research, I realized that the rest of the episode. By the way, we were very, we, those of us who know Deniston refer to it as the DOA, the Deniston yes, overanalysis. So. Yes, it's a classic DOA here. This is the thing. Yep. It's a DOA coming. Yeah, it's. I'm surprised it's taken this long to come up. But, I totally see why you guys are friends. <laughs> yeah. So, so the entire episode is basically an analogous to sports. We've got a beginning and an end where Archer and uh, T'Pol have to traverse the entire forge. They have, you know, they have to drink all this water. They have the first obstacle of all of this just oppressive heat, and they have to, you know, do through this. And then the fir- another obstacle comes up with the the sea lot, and they have to kind of hide and cower from that. And then they get an assist from the other Vulcan, I can't remember his name. So he comes and, and scares Irif. the sea lot, Erif, yeah. So they get, he scares the, the sea lot off. And so they continue on this journey through this fight, through this battle. And then they have the sand firestorms that they kind of have to, you know, find some, some refuge from. So, and then they finally, you know, eventually reach their goal. So to me, watching the episode, it just felt like, this is this is a sports match. This is uh, you know a test of endurance. This is uh, a test that that you would see in in sports. So I felt like it it, it still fit. Uh, it fit across multiple. I, I could have just gotten with the basketball and moved on to you know number two. But I felt like talking through all of those you know that that the the test of physical strength and and Archer constantly drinking water, which you would do in any sort of sports match. I I think really uh, fit in. And then, of course, a special shout out uh, as they're in the cave, uh, hiding out from the uh, the sandfire storms. What do they do? They eat soup. They have it's 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 kind of more gruel. Oh, it's a man. little bit more right. gruel than anything. But I, you know what? It was a bowl. It was a spoon. That's soup. So. Okay, this was on my secondary system. I definitely considered it. I love that DOA uh, over analyzation. I just, for me, the only reason I was going to pick this is because it's just cool when Flox is just throwing balls into the hoop from every exactly. angle, just without even Effortless. thinking about it. So clever. <laughs> I love it. Jen, what's your take on yeah, basketball in the forge? Great pick. I, I love that. That and, and It's not overanalyzing to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing about talking about Star Trek True. to me. But it was such a great breakdown. And yeah, that moment's so much fun. I love that. Because that's a thing too. When you're, when you're, there's always someone who's either like way more talented than everyone else or, you you know, just different or just different, um, you know, if you don't have an even number and there's, a, you know, so, so you have to switch off, you know, between games and stuff. And that's such a 
thing that happens when you have pickup games. And so it's a lot of fun to see the Star Trek version of that is because he's an alien who's just naturally really good at this sport. Um, and then, of course, like you mentioned, just picturing a fertility contest. Yeah, That's so some kind of space <laughs> naked space basketball it's just a funny thing so that's a great pick that analogy with uh them in the forge and uh perseverance and sports awesome i love that pick and yeah jen uh you were just talking about trading off that's going to be part of my uh round three pick here for the soup round Five words and a hashtag starbase 74 is going down hashtag you have the perfect number and the episode is 11001001 from TNG, and it is the first ever reference to Parisi Squares, wow. a sport that I love. It's very high on my list of things that we've never seen in Trek. We've only heard it referenced that I really want to see at some point. Maybe that'll be a Trek Rigs topic down the road. I, I just it, everything about this sport sounds awesome to me. It's physical, you have these padded uniforms. It's a team sport, which I prefer. There's substitutions. You play on a court. My hashtag there was Riker uh, comes along to Worf and Tasha and her team. They're going to go play Starbase 74 in a game. And they're like, you should come play. He's like, no, you have the perfect number. She's like, we can sub in and out. He's like, no, that ruins it. That that makes it terrible. Um, There's a ramp in this game for some reason. No idea what that is about, but that (laughs) happens in in one of the references. We have no idea if it's balls or rackets or I've always kind of have pictured it as some kind of some kind of capture the flag type game. I have just no idea what the what the (laughs) equipment is for this thing other than the crazy outfits that. Uh, Yar and Natasha and Worf are wearing. So this one's it's been referenced in about a dozen episodes of TNG and Voyager all over the place. And that one, of course, they're going to play a game with Starbase 74, which shows that sporting community that the Enterprise come into town and Starbase 74 is immediately challenging them to a game of Parisi Squares. <laughs> and Worf's like, we're going to kill these guys. Riker's like, no, no, it's a friendly game. We've been challenged to a friendly game of Parisi Squares by some of the maintenance personnel. Want to join us on the Starbase? You've already got all the players you need. Oh, we can switch off. Now, you know, if you do that in Parisi Squares, you lose the rhythm of the game. I can't talk you into coming with us. No, to win, all right? The pride of the Enterprise goes with you. Rest assured, Commander, we will be victorious at whatever the cost. Worf, it's just a game, a friendly little competition. You work up a sweat, you have a few laughs, and you make new friends. If winning is that important, then, Commander, why keep score? And there's other references, too. You know, the doctor's holographic daughter died playing in real mm. life, and and uh, I love that Riker's... Uh, there's one time where Riker is admonished by Dr. Crusher for playing like he's still 21, which I can totally relate to as an old man still trying to play sports. And then, and then, and then the flip of that where he's where Riker finds out that Jean-Luc and his son in Future Imperfect is playing. And he's like, what? You're too young to play. Anyway, it's a, I just love Parisi Squares, every reference to it. I'm thinking this one might be a duplicate at some point, but I'll be interested to see if it comes up again. Uh, Jen, what's your take on Parisi Square? I am obsessed with Parisi Squares. I (laughs) want to see that so bad. I want to go to a match, match game, whatever. I don't even know what they call it. (laughs) But yeah, like like you mentioned, the capture of the flag. I also, I picture it in my head the same way, Uh, but like, like American gladiators capture the flag. kind of. (laughs) Right. It's an American gladiators capture the flag. Right. (laughs) 
Kryptonite doesn't want to see it. It's so dangerous. It's like, like every time they reference it, it's, it's, it's a dangerous way. Yes. Like, like, which is like, what, what is going on? Like, cause they're not, they're not wearing, they're not like particularly padded out. You know, <laughs> well, they had that huge like leather padding on their left arm, and, and so there is something <laughs> like, there. What but is that for? and they have mallets too, don't they? Or oh, do they have like, mallets? I maybe I missed I, that. I'm, I know I might be I might be conflating. I just remember being thrown off by the else. ramp. They're like, they're like, like <laughs> Crusher's like he, like he fell off the ramp or something. Like, what's a ramp doing in there? What is that about? Oh just, my gosh! <laughs> uh, John, how about you, man? I mean, the continuity for Parisi Squares yeah. is is awesome. And, and and honestly, you know, Morhas, you and I have talked about Parisi Squares forever. Yeah. I mean, I think we pretty much any sort of generic sport is uh, are we just going to make it Parisi Squares. Yeah. That's really <laughs> it. Because, you know, to your point earlier, I'm not really sure what it is. So who's to say that, you know, what you come up with isn't necessarily true? I mean, who's to say that, the, you know, maybe the ramp is only, you know, in – beta quadrant rules you know? <laughs> who knows we don't, yeah who knows we just don't know it Maybe could be different yeah but i do love the thread and the fact that they use it so often it's got to yeah. be one of those things that you know you're in the writer's room and somebody throws out parisi squares and the room probably erupts <laughs> to that end i'm surprised there's not more references you know it should be it should be out there like this this great unknown and it keeps getting brought yeah, up. Yeah, Voy- so. Voyager did us a favor on that. They referenced it like a dozen times. Yeah. So uh, I don't think Deep Space Nine ever did, though. Lower Decks needs to hit Parisi Oh, yeah. Squares. That's, I mean, that that's, that's, that's got to Because they happen. can do it. No, If it's like Absolutely. like Gravity Defined or whatever the sport is, they could make it happen oh in, my in God, animation. That's so true. Oh, I would I'd, die if there was a Parisi Squares episode. I wonder if there was – I bet – I wouldn't be surprised if there was a Parisi Squares uniform somewhere in the background in Lower Decks and – we haven't caught it yet. Who knows? Okay, <laughs> let's go to round two. Jen, what's your number two pick? Okay, five words in a hashtag. There's no I in Borg. Hashtag team player. And this is Voyager season four, episode 26, Hope and Fear. Janeway and seven play Velocity. Velocity! <laughs> this is on my secondary systems. I love this no, pick. Velo- this is great. Velocity <laughs> happens to be my favorite made-up sport in Trek. Absolutely. I mean, that is the sport it's for me. so cool. <laughs> it's, it's so cool. It's racquetball mixed with skeet shooting mixed with dodgeball. <laughs> I just love it so much. I love everything about it. I want to play. Oh, my God. So that's bad. a great analogy. I hadn't thought of those, those three. It is like so racquetball, fun. skeet shooting, and dodgeball combined. Oh, I love it. it and, uh, you know, Seven gets completely, like, flummoxed that Janeway's that beaten her. She's, yeah. you know, she's just with her superior visual acuity and stamina. She but then Janeway talks to her about it. She's like, this is a game, you know, not just of that, but of wits and intuition, she says. Yeah. And, uh, you know, later on in the episode, Janeway uses that human intuition, you know, to, to realize that there's something, you know, fishy going on with with the, the situation. Good game. For you. Oh, come on, Seven. You won four out of ten rounds. Nothing to be ashamed of. On the contrary. I have superior visual acuity and stamina. I should have won every round. Well, velocity is more than a test of stamina. It's a game of wits. You are a frustrating opponent. During the final round, after you dropped your phaser, you did not even look at the disc, and yet you were able to acquire the target. Intuition. Intuition is a human fallacy. The belief that you can predict random events. Oh, belief had nothing to do with it. At some level, conscious or otherwise, I was aware of several factors. The trajectory of the disc after I hit the wall, the sound it made on its return, and the shadow it cast on the hollow grid. Intriguing, but implausible. I won, didn't I? Thanks for the match. 
I wish to play again. Not today. You are fatigued and concerned that I will defeat you. Tired, yes. Concerned, no. Computer, begin first round. Belay that command. Seven, try to be a sport. Game's over. There's a this is this is bookend for the episode. Yep. It's a cold the cold open and the final scene, and it's also the season finale. And this is the this is the first season with Seven. This is Seven's journey through the whole season, um, where she you know she she's trying to decide whether she wants to embrace her humanity or or do something else or what whatever she's going through this like crisis, but it's also like a rebellious teenager phase. <laughs> Which is kind of funny the way they play it throughout the episode. Her and Janeway have these these mother daughter moments almost, and here too, like this is I love that they gave them a sport situation to bond over, you know, to to talk things through while they're you know playing. I love that they 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 did it that way, um, and and you know phrase it in, in in a sports in a sports way. And she finally decides that that you know that she wants to keep exploring her humanity and and that that's her the end of her journey from thing in just one season she went from scorpion you know like to this and and it's 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 just has any character ever had that big of a, a change in in one season um i don't know <laughs> but what but what a fun way to end the season of her playing a, a you know a human game with her surrogate mother in the holodeck um, and I love it. And there's there's trash talk in this one too. And, and it's very seven tra- seven ish trash talk. Uh, J- she wants to play again because Janeway beat her. You know, she, right. she's like one more one more game. And Janeway's like, nah, nah, I can't. Uh, you know. And and she goes <laughs> to try to get her. She comes to play one more game. She goes, you are fatigued and concerned that I will defeat you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and so like, come on. <laughs> Actually, Janeway's like, uh, you lost game over or something right. like that, right? So good. <laughs> So good. Uh, this pick is yeah. She's um, like be a sport or something. Yeah, this is an amazing pick. It's it's definitely one of the best made up sports and how they yeah. showcasing how it's played and what the scoring is. My favorite thing about it is when like the, she wins a point and the computer's like full impact point yes. Janeway. I'm like full impact. <laughs> I love made up sports terms like that. Yeah, she got full impact. Full impact. Final round to Janeway. Winner Janeway. Good game. Yeah, and you can like like versus like grazing her shoulder or something, you know. It's like right. full, maybe you get more points for the full impact, you know. And and I said this before that I I hate it when it looks like people are not playing the sport right when they can't yeah. quite make it. Like I'm not a big fan of Friday Night Lights. I know it's a very popular show, but the, all the football looks fake to me. Yeah, and I can't, I can't get past that. This looks they are rolling around, they hitting the, the angles are right. I mean. Full credit to Jerry Ryan and Kate Mulgrew in terms of yeah. them rolling around playing velocity. Love this, John. What's your take? Yeah, Jen, you really hit on a lot of the things that 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 make this episode special, and and really, it is that relationship between Seven and Janeway. It's something that, as you watch, uh, and I'm going through a, another Voyager rewatch right now, just to see that progression as she does become more human. And what's a you know what's a better way to help Seven? you know, learn more about humanity than sports and, and, and taking part in sports. And, you know, to her, to her point, she's learning some things. There are some lessons learned, uh, as you said, you know, seven is better. She should be beating her, but Janeway, just the crafty old veteran and the, (laughs) you know, the young up and comer trying to knock down the captain. It's just, it's a great, it's a great story. And it's a great way to uh, showcase that relationship between them. So, 
Uh, love this pick. Love, love watching that. Fantastic. All right, John, what's your number two pick? All right. Number two pick. This one is uh, a little obvious, but uh, I, I did it anyway. Five words, sports analogy for the profits. Hashtag not worth playing if we knew what would happen. And it is episode one of Deep Space Nine season one, Emissary. And specifically, this is when Cisco is talking to the prophets and really trying to understand and trying to explain to them what corporeal life is, is really all about. And they get to that one scene where they're on the, the baseball diamond. And so then Cisco uses that opportunity to, to talk about, you know, this is baseball. It's a competition. It's for fun. But then explaining the rules of baseball and how everything is linear. You know, I, th- I think he says, I throw this ball and a hundred different things can happen in a game. You know, you have to set a strategy for all the possibilities that that might happen. You throw one pitch after another and you have to see what happens after that. And then, you know, the profits are still just not understanding it. No. And, you know, one of the lines that really hit home for, more, for me was, you know, uh, when Cisco says the game wouldn't be worth playing if we knew what was going to happen. And to me, that underlines everything about sports. I know some people who can, you know, record games and go back and and watch them just to enjoy the games and so forth. But for me, uh, I have a real hard time doing that because I can so easily find out what just happened. So for me, that was really a, a nice underlining way to bring sports into this conversation. And I also thought it was a nice way to introduce baseball into Deep Space Nine so that it made more sense as that theme just continued on throughout the series with the baseball on his desk, leaving the baseball when he had to, when they had to uh, evacuate. Uh, and obviously, you know, throughout the series, there's all the different baseball references we talked about, if wishes were horses earlier. So yeah, I just, I loved it. I thought it was a, a really genuine way of bringing sports into, into track. Well, you can't summarize any better than that. I'm first off, I'm just thrilled somebody made this pick because it's definitely was my toughest cut wanting to include it because it's such a critical moment, not only for what it says for D Space Nine and sets up Cisco's character, but just in terms of defining sports and and, and what they mean and what life is. It's just <laughs> the sports is life. I mean, it's really incredible the way Cisco explains it and and this is when i talk about my appreciation for baseball increasing this is uh exhibit a because this scene is absolutely amazing hearing him the way he talks about the sport pitch after pitch and all these different things that can happen i just love that it's really really smart awesome awesome pick uh jen what's your take on emissary it's linear and baseball we can talk about it later okay I was wondering which way we're going to go in that round one for some big picks that are still out there. Okay, let's go to my (laughs) round two pick. This one was on my secondary systems for the longest time. At the last minute, I just realized I need to move this onto my main list because it's one of the most common sports references in Trek, but I think it kind of slips past people a little bit. You don't always notice it. And as I, I thought about it and wanted to include it, and then as I researched it, I was like, wow, this is all over the place. So my five words and a hashtag are two favorite quotes referencing this sport. Five words, indoor hoverball, that's just wrong. Hashtag, I fear I have yet to master the art of hoverball, so it would seem. 
And my episode is from Deep Space Nine. It's uh, Let He Who Is Without Sin, a garbage episode of Star Trek that we all that we've talked about many times on <laughs> on Trek ranks. But the sport is hoverball. And we first see it in Captain's Holiday, where you actually see this little mechanical hovering ball fly in. It looks like basically the Star Wars uh, training ball for the lightsaber in the original Star Wars. And it floats in on Picard, who's trying to relax. And that's when the woman from Ryza says, I fear I've yet to master the art of hoverball. And Picard says, so it would seem. <laughs> so I, I love that line. Return. My apologies. I fear I've yet to master the art of hoverball. So it would seem. So that's the only time that we see the ball. and But after that, hoverball is referenced like 10 times throughout Trek. It's mostly in Voyager where it was like seven times. Here's all the references. Balana played it. Chakotay played it. Paris and Harry Kim played. The Doctor played. Janeway played. Even Barkley played Hoverball. They all reference it at some point. Everyone on Voyager has played it. I have no idea how to play it, but I was always intrigued. And I, I think oh, and I, I just love this reference from Quark because this is a pure sport moment for me. That basically it's raining and everything. Everybody's miserable on Ryza and. Uh, the Vanessa Williams character is trying to, uh, we're organizing some indoor, some hoverball and Quark says in the rain. She's like, no, no, on the indoor court. He's like indoor hoverball. That's just wrong. And, I, and that is a pure sport moment. There's that elitism yeah. that so many of us have for certain ways, sports, perfect sports tone and line and delivery from Quark. So I picked hoverball because it's, one of these made up sports that is referenced so often. Jen, what's your take on hoverball? Oh, that's a great pick. I mean, what what a what a perfectly futuristic made up sport. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. It's a ball, but it hovers. Like, exactly. Know? It's got future tech in it. And you don't need anything beyond that because you can you know, extrapolate from what you know about sports and, and ball sports, like what that might mean, you know, and it could be so yeah. many different things, <laughs> you know, just a ball that hovers. There's so many different sports you could create in your mind um, <laughs> with just that information, you know, so it's, it's just really clever and it's a, and you're right. It's a fun way. So many people have played it. It's a really fun way to show, you know, like, like that they're all, you know, connected in the same culture. Yeah. I mean, literally so there's fun. like, nine characters on Voyager yeah, that are referenced for having played Hoverball. <laughs> and, you know, you got to play on outdoor courts. I mean, come right. on. This is Hoverball, people. You've gotta, <laughs> you can't play indoor Hoverball. Uh, John, any quick take on Hoverball? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the thread uh, because it is mentioned so often. And it becomes, you know, just part of it. So that you hear references to it and you know what it is, but then it takes you a second and you think, I don't really know what it is. Right. I've never actually <laughs> seen it, but obviously I've heard it so many times in Trek that it just feels like it is, is part of me. I, I will say, uh, I'm, I'm going to give a, a jump in a little bit. I was all excited when you, when, when you mentioned the episode title of Let He Who's Without Sin, because oh, I I'm really gonna, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to okay. get to that. All right. Pause. Oh, my God. One last thing on Hoverball. It's crazy to me that the very first reference, you see the ball. But ever since then, it's only ever referenced. So I just thought that was interesting, too. Okay. We are in round one, and we still don't have a take me out to the Hollow Suite pick. This is fascinating to me. And it doesn't sound like Jen's going that direction. No. So, Jen, what's your number one? <laughs> My number one, fire up those torpedoes again. Yeah. 
my five words and a hashtag though are um, any given linear time increment hashtag the ultimate sports metaphor. And this is Deep Space Nine season one, episode one emissary. Love <laughs> it. Love it. Explain linear time and ultimately what it means to be human to the wormhole aliens using baseball <laughs> analogy. And yeah, and you and you said it, John. Like there, I don't really have much to add to, to what you said. You broke it down so well, but it's so Star Trek. The scene is just so so pure Star Trek. And Cisco's speech, you know, he he starts off, ex, you know, explaining baseball and 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 you know linear time. But then when he gets when he extrapolates it even further towards what it means to be human, is some of some of Cisco's best. Uh, best lines you know best speeches he's, yeah. he's you know the a wormhole alien that that's jake is you know says you value your ignorance of what is to come <laughs> you know and, and, right. and he's, he's like that might be the most important thing to understand about humans you know he talks about how that means that we're explorers and, and that we value the unknown and 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 we use our experiences and, and what happens to, to try to make educated guesses about what's going to happen. And, and sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. And that's just part of what it is to be human. And it's, it's one of my favorite speeches in all of track. The rules aren't important. What's important is it's linear. Every time I throw this ball, a hundred different things can happen in a game. He might swing and miss. He might hit it. The point is you never know. You try to anticipate, set a strategy for all the possibilities as best you can. But in the end, it comes down to throwing one pitch after another and seeing what happens. With each new consequence, the game begins to take shape. And you have no idea what that shape is until it is completed. That's right. In fact, the game wouldn't be worth playing if we knew what was going to happen. You value your ignorance of what is to come. That may be the most important thing to understand about humans. It is the unknown that defines our existence. We are constantly searching, not just for answers to our questions, but for new questions. We are explorers. I think about this speech a lot. Um, You mentioned Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. And I think I always think about that speech when the part in Take Me Out to the Hall Suite when he's sitting in the stands and with Rom and um, that funny bit happens where Nog doesn't know who to tag out, right? You know, and and he finally gets him and you're out and 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 the glee on Cisco's face and and he's like, ha, see, that's what I love about about this game. You never know what you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Yep. And I, I just it always takes me back to emissary to the seventh season and him, you know, to give to a character who ends up existing outside of time to frame it in the sense of, of, of the, the, un, the unknown, the unexpected, what's, you never know what's going to happen. And he ends up out as a character outside of time wow. in, wow. You know, in the wormhole. So it's, that's, it's, it's, I never it's, thought of that. It's full circle. You know? That's powerful. I love, I love that pick. That's incredible. I mean, if there's ever going to be a pick that deserved to be a duplicate, it's <laughs> baseball in emissary because it defines the whole series. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad you brought it around to that. Take me out to the Hall of Sweet moment because that really is a bookend for it when he says, see, that's what I love about sports. <laughs> uh, all right. Any final comments there, John? Uh, I was going to say something, but I, I actually really liked what Jen said with how he ended up as, you know, this uh, this non-corporeal being. So I, I'd, I'd like to leave it at that. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Let's go to your round one pick, John. What do you got? Uh, my number one pick. 
Five words, seven delivers, small sports score. Hashtag the Yankees in six games. And of course, it's episode eight, Voyager season six, one small step. You are the man. What a pick. This is a pick that I, I, I honestly, I wasn't sure if I was going to put it on the list because I, 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 every time I watch this, I, I, I almost come to tears. It's just, just, just heartbreaking. I mean, not only this excitement of, of finding the Ares 4 spacecraft, but watching the development of Seven from the beginning of the episode to the end. You know, she gets vo- voluntold to, take, to go on this mission. She gets voluntold to do all these different things within it. And she starts listening to, to, to Kelly, John Kelly, and yep. just seeing, seeing the look. And, and Jerry Ryan nails it in terms of her acting and how she changes as she starts to listen and starts to learn uh, more about Kelly and, and his, and, and his, and his love. And it's amazing to me because it, you know, they, they started off with, as he's talking to the, uh, you know, to the, to his other astronauts down on Mars, they start talking about the world series and there's some great trash talk in that uh, about the Yankees and, <laughs> and, and the Kings and that. And uh, I think that was great. And then, Near the end, as the last you know, couple of um, log entries for Kelly, I mean, he's going through all of these different things. He's starting to realize that, all right, this is the end. I'm not making it out of this. Um, you know, I'm going to cut life support. I'm going to run the imager as long as I possibly can. Uh, I'm going to continue trying to capture as much data. I'm going to make one final burn. He's doing all these things, and then he's just one regret. And then he never found out who won the World Series. And then listening to, to Seven deliver that line at his funeral was just uh, just absolutely a, a tearjerker. And then even the, it was a nice subtle nod when you see Tom Paris kind of look up and acknowledge that, yeah, that, that he heard what Seven had said. So it just that to me is brings out the passion of sports and how it can how it's so contagious and how Seven got caught up in all of that. So. Well, that's awesome. I mean, what a pick. I, this was on my secondary systems. I almost included it. I'm so glad you picked it. It's, it's honestly one of the most emotional moments in all of Trek. I love it. It's a heartbreaker. Jen, what's your take on One Small Step and Seven? Yeah, same same here. I don't have anything anything really to add. You broke it down again so so wonderfully and and it it's such a what what a what a way to end an episode. You know, oh, what, yeah. what 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 like a to, to just just put a put a stamp on on this you know this character that we only knew for the, the one episode you know made, we I wanted the Yankees to win I hate the Yankees me too me too <laughs> right <laughs> but uh, but also like about like you said like about it also shows something about seven you know that she she could come to care about this person too and about the seemingly arbitrary sports you know. <laughs> Yeah, that she knows Um, nothing about. She knows nothing about, right? Yeah. Right. Oh, what a great pick. Well, let's do this. So we're not going to have any picks from Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite, which is definitely a surprise. But our (laughs) round one is going to be all baseball. And mine is also similar to yours, John, in that it's the final moments of an episode. It is a absolute tearjerker, at least for me. I find it amazing. My five words and a hashtag. One Negro League baseball cap hashtag. The G stands for the Grays. And the episode is from Deep Space Nine season four. It's Starship Down. The sport is baseball. Again, I'm not a I'm not a huge baseball fan. 
but the soft, joyous, simple moment in this final scene between Cisco and Kira is everything to me. I love this episode. It's basically the moment is when Cisco, Kira has been with Cisco while he's been injured and talked him through his injury and helped him survive. And she's talking about all these personal things to him and how she reveres him as not only a friend, but as you know, this godlike figure, the emissary. And at the very end, he, he says to her, would you like to go to a baseball game? And he throws the cap to her. She catches it. And this, when she puts this cap on her head, the smile on her face, I mean, it makes me want to just ball. It's absolutely one of the most heartfelt moments in all of Star Trek. It's the best ending. And she's just so excited to be invited to a baseball game. He says, we can get the hot dogs from Quarks and I'll, and I'll meet you there. He puts on his Pike City Pioneers hat. I love this moment. It's a great episode. One of my favorites that I've picked many times on Trek ranks, but just hearing Avery Brooks or Ben Cisco say to Kira, would you like to go to a baseball game? And that smile on her face. Ah, it just kills me. Uh, yeah, that's my pick. Jen, what's your take on this scene uh, from Starship? What, what a pick. I agree with everything you said. It, it's so, I, like, I can't even relate to Kira having this man be ostensibly her boss and ostensibly a religious figure. And she's really <laughs> obsessed with her religion. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is huge. Right. And the whole episode is, is, is the conflict with that. But so I can't imagine that. Yeah. Like the joy that she must be feeling like to be included in this, um, this acceptance, you know, from this man that, that holds so much different types of significance to you again, sports, that's how Cisco shows affection and shows that he cares about care. Like, like that's, a, right. it's a big deal for him to, you know, invite her to, to see a baseball game. Cause that's something that's very special and important to him. And the deepening of the relationship in this final scene, it like, it's gone from, I think Cisco realizes more like that he has to be cognizant of the fact that he's he has dual meanings for her you know what i mean yeah and, and making her a third thing her a friend right in this moment and it's just it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous moment gorgeous scene perfect pick john any take yeah i mean i think that you know obviously i just watched uh the series premiere an emissary and watching the relationship between cisco and kira and this is i mean clearly a milestone moment and, and Jen, you really put it well because it wasn't just, you know, Cisco inviting Kira in or Kira, you know, accepting this invitation from Cisco. It's this symbiotic relationship between the two of them and how they're becoming more and more accepting of each other and how that relationship is evolving and developing and growing and becomes, you know, by the end, one of the strongest relationships in, in all of Trek. So to know that this was one of those moments that really brought that forward yeah, a, a fantastic ending to that episode and, uh, and a great number one pick. Yeah, cool that those last two were literally the, the ends of uh, really emotional big episodes. I love it. Okay, let's get into some quick secondary systems. Let's see what you can do with the secondary systems. Jen, anything on your list? I have to talk about the Giscana match. Oh, I yeah. Just, I have to mention it. <laughs> It's not on my list. I didn't didn't make my list because I really don't have anything intelligent to say 
Well, listen, one of the best things about Giscana <laughs> and Desert Crossing is how realistic it is filmed. Yes. I mean, it looks like there's 10 guys playing space lacrosse. It's really yeah. awesome. It's really well it, done. It, it is. And it's interesting, too, the way that the, the goal is so small. Oh, like, it's, it's cool. a low-scoring sport, but it, it, it it's like seems very, like, hardcore yeah. um, to play. And there's other reasons. Love it. <laughs> I, love I don't know what one. those would be, so continue, be? continue. <laughs> <laughs> my brain has turned off right now. I have nothing to say. Um, intelligent about that. Uh, I also had a, a scene in a Voyager's Critical Care. This is uh, in the beginning where oh, hockey. Paris yeah. and Kim were playing hockey, and Kim gets a shiner. They say from a high sticking nausicaan. <laughs> In right. the holodeck. Right. And, and the, the thing that I love about this is, is they have to um, make up a story because the doctor doesn't like violent sports. You know, oh, he's going right. to get, you know, in, you know, they're going to get crap from the doctor. Yep. And I love hockey. Um, I also had, well, we, we should all, we should talk about take me out to the house. Yeah. I mean, that's just an all encompassing <laughs> for uh, manufactured triumph. the whole the whole episode is best line the whole episode episode is pure sports especially manufactured triumph because we've all done that where it's just like you just create your own narrative and that's 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 the ultimate trash talking when the when you can't when the other guy can't get to you and you're just like sorry manufactured triumph we won even though we scored one point yep so good there's also a great real realization in that episode of, you know, how Cisco was so hell bent on beating the Vulcans. <laughs> and, and that's what, and then he, you know, finally, and that's when he, you know, pulls Rom out, but he then finally kind of gets that the error mm-hmm. of his ways, yeah. uh, no pun intended. And, you know, Rom ends up winning, you know, getting the bunt and so <laughs> forth. And it's finally, you know, it opens Cisco's eyes. Like, this is really what sports is about. This is what this is really all about. Yeah, right. I'm here with my, with my crew we're out in the quote unquote sunshine, enjoying the day and, you know, playing, playing a game. So I think yeah. it's, it's important to, yep. yeah. to acknowledge that. And another thing I appreciate about that too, is this is season seven, the captain of the, uh, of the series making a mistake in season seven Valid. and yeah. owning up to it. Yep. Yeah. His, his apology at yep. the end scene, he, he holds out his hand to Rom I'm sorry. No qualifiers, you know, not the genuine man up apology to Rom. And I love and appreciate that so much. Yep. And and then of course, uh, what's a bun? bun? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Sorry. I stole your thunder. Sorry. (laughs) So good. You gotta add the punchline. Yeah. Yeah. Cisco's the best. So much, so much good in that episode, and I love it so much. Yeah. I just had so much baseball on my list. Uh, Yeah, understood. (laughs) Awesome. How about you, John? Any? I do have Let He Who Is Without Sin. Yeah. Uh, the other cuts that I had were um, at in Arcadia Ego. I know I'm butchering the Latin. Yeah. Rios with the soccer ball. Yeah. You brought that up earlier, Morehouse. Yeah. That was, but that I was just great. I thought it was great because it wasn't just a throwaway. You know, throw it in there. They actually brought it into the conversation where he's you know has the ball and the synth is all fired up. saying, like, oh, do you play? Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I love the game. And it just became this whole big thing. The synth was so excited when he saw the ball. So right. I thought that was uh, that was really. I fun. like that because it's a, um, that's a real soccer moment. Like you play. The synth, the yeah, synth is it, like, it, you play, man? Like, like kind of testing him a little bit. It's classic. Right. And that's, I mean, that's what happens in sports. You know, you yeah. have those types of conversations and that's how conversations start. That's how friendships sometimes start. So yeah. it's great. Uh, I also had um, 
Uh, I, I really, I, I picked one episode, but I wanted to uh, mention Miles and his uh, and his kayak. Yes. Oh, Miles, yes. and, well, Miles and his kayaking <laughs> because it just it, it it went over across. I think it was introduced in TNG, and then it continued on through Deep Space Nine. So I thought that that was That's great, amazing. and it just kind of showed his character and how he's constantly trying to to tame the rapids, and yeah. uh, even after he gets hurt, he kind of wanted to do that. Another Miles was obviously the the racquetball. Yes. Uh, I wanted to obviously Julian's sweet sweet racquetball outfit um <laughs> wanted to you know get a special shout out for that and the contrast with o'brien's outfit oh yeah like, oh, right, right, at the right, bottom right. of his closet is just yeah the dichotomy between those two right. outfits is just great i also uh had the best of both worlds when they talked about picard and winning the winning the starfleet academy marathon oh, as a yeah, freshman marathon yeah um yeah, the dam- I think the Admiral Hansen says uh, it's the damnedest thing I ever saw watching him <laughs> overtake those upperclassmen. I was just like, you know, it just that's telling about who Picard was. And yeah, that's about it. Okay. I like that kayaking reference. They even use it as a plot point in Inquisition where absolutely where, like Bashir figures out it's fake because his he hurt his shoulder playing. I think it was spring ball. Yeah, spring ball. Or yeah, something. I think it spring was ball. Kayaking, was, yeah, right, which is right. a, a great reference. Spring ball has to get uh, called spring out. Ball, basically, yeah. basically True. racquetball with your hands at, at some level. I had water polo There's from a eggs. racket in spring ball. Isn't it like There's, a hand paddle? No, because because remember Nog has her uh, Kira spring ball racket. Yeah, when, when he's selling all this uh, stuff. You're right. Yes, you're right. Like, is this my spring ball racket. <laughs> That's right. I but lost it, it two years ago. <laughs> but when they show him playing spring ball, it's more of like a hand glove yeah. pad. Oh, or, that's right. Or yeah, something. It was like a glove. But maybe they mix that up. I don't know. <laughs> different um, roles, different provinces. Exactly. Well, it's like the, the, it's absolutely. Like designated, designated hitter. <laughs> I love the spring ball. I had water polo from Exile when Archer throws the ball against the bulkhead and it sticks into the wall. Yeah. I love that yeah. moment. Uh, Gascana, I had flocks mm-hmm. draining three-pointers and – in the Fords. I love that. Uh, I mentioned the hydro scoot earlier. I'm going to give that a shout out again to captain Freeman on her hydro scoot in uh, crisis point. <laughs> yeah. She was the Academy champ, at least according <laughs> to Mariner's script. So, <laughs> um, and then, That's canon. and then fa- the phaser range target practice with Worf and Guinan. I love yes, That's a good one. And then I'm okay. So quick, quick, we haven't talked about Sukhansa. So that's, that's another one that's there right. or the Antarian transstellar rally. But let me just do, do my quick soccer, one more rant. So here are the other references to soccer. In Paradise, the kid wants to know the soccer scores when uh, Cisco and O'Brien show up on the planet. Oh, poor kid. I know. He, and they talk <laughs> about some player who injured his knee. In Dead Stop, Archer talks to Reed about the World Cup and Reed's like, ah, I don't like football. And then Beverly. Reed, you're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no interest. Like, not that you have to like sports, but he has, like, no interest. <laughs> like, and that happens with everything. Eh, I don't really like any foods. I don't really like, you know. It's just oh, not God. enough stuff blowing up in sports what for him. <laughs> what do you do, Reed, on your downtime? So true. Uh, Beverly's first love was a young soccer player in The Host. And then we have the soccer ball in the Q scenario from Lower Decks in Veritas when uh, the soccer ball's bouncing around on the chessboard. And then oh, this is this is what we this is what we talked about uh, earlier with John bringing it up. Let he who is without sin, Worf kills a kid with an errant header on a corner kick, which is the worst <laughs> acting. By the way, he's like at the end of the second half with the score tied, my team got a corner kick. 
a corner kick. <laughs> like literally, Michael Dora does not know anything or play soccer. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, he still doesn't know what that means. But let me tell you why I hate this. So I'm the you know the director of communications for U.S. Soccer. When this and one of our biggest battles, and not battle, but one of our biggest issues uh, was, of course, concussions in the sport in the late 90s, early 2000s. So here's my favorite show on my escape. And I've got Worf killing a kid <laughs> with an errant header. And I'm just like, you have got to be kidding me. So Star Trek, you're killing me right now. <laughs> so that one always stuck with me. Uh, all right incredible in-depth in list. We got a lot of awesome stats here, so let's get to it in our regeneration cycle. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. Okay. Jen, recap your awesome list of track sports references. Okay. My number five pick was Deep Space Nine season one, episode 16, If Wishes Were Horses. Cisco meets his hero, his baseball hero, Buck Buckeye. My number four pick was Enterprise Season 1, Episode 22, Vox Sola. Archer and Trip watched the water polo final. My number three pick was Enterprise Season 1, Episode 10, Fortunate Son, which was a game of low-gravity catch. My number two pick was Voyager Season 4, Episode 26, Hope and Fear. This was Seven and Janeway playing Velocity. And my number one pick was Deep Space Nine, Season 1, Episode 1, Emissary. Cisco using baseball to explain linear time and humanity to the wormhole aliens. Amazing. Two from Deep Space Nine, two Enterprise, one Voyager, two baseball picks, <laughs> and you had one made-up sport velocity. I love it. Uh, John, how about you, man? All right. Number five pick, episode 21, Enterprise season one, Box Sola. We just talked about that, beer and pretzels. Uh, <laughs> number four, Episode 12, Voyager Season 6, Blink of an Eye, the mountain versus lakeside rivalry. <laughs> Number three, sports, uh, uh, sorry, Episode 7 of Enterprise Season 4, The Forge, both the basketball in the launch bay at the beginning of the episode, but then I went into my DOA of the <laughs> hike through the forge and overcoming obstacles oh, and all sorts of sports <laughs> analogies. Number two, uh, episode one, Deep Space Nine, season one, Emissary. And then my number one pick, episode eight of Voyager, season six, one small step, the Yankees in six games. Incredible. So you had two Voyager and two Enterprise and then one Deep Space Nine. And it looks like you had you had five different sports and one. Uh, no, you had two baseball sports. Two baseball. Two baseball. Yeah, two baseball yeah. and one uh one made up. Okay, so for me, my number five was past tense from Deep Space Nine, a soccer reference. Round four was from Enterprise, Fortunate Son, a football reference. My number three was TNG's Parisi Squares uh, from one one from one one zero zero one zero zero one. Number two was Hoverball from Let He Who Is Without Sin from Deep Space Nine. And my number one was a baseball pick from Starship Down, Deep Space Nine. So I had three from Deep Space Nine, one Enterprise, one TNG, and I had two made-up sports. So let's do the overall stats. We had three duplicates. We had 11 real sports picked and four uh, Star Trek made-up sports. Those were Velocity, Hoverball, Parisi squares and the unknown sport on the blink of an eye planet. 
the sport breakdown was uh, one each from basketball and soccer, two water polos, two footballs, and five baseball, of course, leading the way. And for the episode, this is actually, I guess it's not a surprise when you really think about it. Only four incarnations of Trek were, were represented. TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. There was one TNG pick, three picks from Voyager, five from Enterprise, and six from Deep Space Nine. It kind of makes sense that all the sports references kind of come from that uh, era of Trek and not so much the later era amazing amazing recaps but as we do every week we've hit a temporal distortion so before we can depart it's time to review the temporal distortions are fracturing space-time throughout the ship cause unknown okay we know the cause mr tuvok it's all that amazing feedback that we continue to receive from our listeners here at trek ranks and this week's temporal distortion has us going all the way back to episode 46 in our underrated series this was like 50, 60 episodes ago. Enterprise underrated. We got an amazing voicemail in from Caleb Dorsch, who is at Rogue Moog. I'm going to play that for you right now. Hello? Please repeat. I can't understand. I still can't understand you. Try modulating the subcarrier wave. Barely. You're going to need to boost the signal. Any better? Yeah. Oh, good. I've finally gotten a hold of you. This is Caleb Dorsch at RogueMoog on Twitter. Jim, you're never going to believe this. I finished watching Enterprise for the first time, and as soon as I did, the Sulaban found out and tried to come for me. Next thing I know, I was whisked away to the 31st century. Agent Daniels said the only way I can return is if I send this transmission to you with my top five ranking for episode 46, Enterprise Underrated. My prime directive is simple. I could not pick anything that was in the official top five lists that you recorded in your episode. So here it goes. For production design. Five words in a hashtag. Andorian, animatronic, antenna are astounding. Hashtag, it will grow back, Tran. And I'm highlighting the awesome animatronic antenna of the Andorians, uh, particularly in the episode of season four, episode 13, United, when Shran loses his antenna to Archer. For my number four pick, underrated performance. Five words in a hashtag. Shadow play juxtaposition appropriate for Renee. Hashtag Ezral. The episode is season one, episode 20, Oasis. It is a clear retread of shadow play, but I love Renee Aubergenois. I love that we got to get him back for one more episode. And I really liked the twist of him being the one to make the holographic village, so to speak. I also like to highlight this episode uh, for the first performance on screen by Annie Wershing. I'm a huge 24 fan, and this was her first performance. She's also known for playing Renee Walker in 24. All right, the Dabo round. Five words in a hashtag. Great episode with outstanding effects. Hashtag actually nominated for an Emmy. 
And this episode is not an underrated episode, but I'm specifically highlighting the repair station design in Season 2, Episode 4, Dead Stop. That was just super cool. And I loved the CGI on that entire sequence. I generally feel like I don't hear people talk about the visual effects on Dead Stop as much as they talk about the story and just how good of an episode it is. So I wanted to make sure we could highlight those awesome visual effects. My underrated character, number two pick. Five words in a hashtag. He slowly grew on me. Hashtag and was viciously taken away. The episode is season three, episode 22, The Council. And I'm highlighting Degra. I love this character. I absolutely hated him at first. And throughout the course of the Zindi arc, uh, they just really made him a sympathetic character. And I, I appreciated him coming full circle and actually vouching for humans in the end. And my number one pick, underrated episode. Five words in a hashtag. Enterprise's best shuttle pod disaster episode. Hashtag Kushka to you too. And the episode is season two, episode 13, Dawn. My observation as I was going through my first Enterprise watch is that, man, there are a lot of shuttle pod disasters here. How do I pick the best one? Uh, a good shuttle pod disaster story uh, harkens back to the Galileo 7, and I wanted one that uh, required growth for the character throughout. And I feel like Trip uh, really learned a lot about uh, the person he was trapped on the planet with throughout the course of that episode. All right, that is my list. Hopefully this allows me to return back to the proper time. Let me know if you receive this transmission. I'll be waiting to hear from you. Bye, Trek Ranks. All right, love his picks, especially his shout-out to Rene Auberjonois appearing in Enterprise, and his special shout-out to Annie Wershing from... Uh, from 24, who played Renee Walker. That was her first ever acting job. So if you're a TV fan, Annie Worsing's been in a ton of stuff. And I like that he highlighted her. A uh, awesome, awesome list of Enterprise underrated. So once again, those picks, more than enough to clear us from this week's temporal distortion. So as always, I want to thank everyone again for all your great responses to the Trek Ranks podcast. Please keep your list coming to me at Trek Ranks on Twitter so we can retweet them. But we also want to hear from you. So put together your own list of top five sports references or a list from any of our past shows. Give us a call at the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527. That's 609-512-LLAP. Or you can just DM me on Twitter directly. We can do it that way, too, if you want to record it. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we are returning to everyone's favorite Trek Ranks series. At least it's my favorite. It's our Scenes in Trek series. This is our ninth version of Scenes in Trek. And this time we're doing top five scenes in a corridor. I mean, so we've done Jeffrey's Tooth. We've done Cave, Sick Bay. We've done it all. We're eliminating rooms altogether. It's just top five scenes in a corridor. So many great walk and talk scenes in Trek. I can't wait to get into some of these deep cut picks. So Jen and John, if you had to choose one scene in a corridor off the top of your head, what do you got? Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. Um... John, you got one? Yeah, I got one. First one that came to my mind is 
the badass Janeway in macrocosm as she's kind of, and it's not maybe one scene, but it's just watching her walking through the corridor oh, yeah, with one. that, with the huge phaser rifle going after these micro microcosms. So the macro virus. So that's, that was the first one I thought. There's of. a lot of Janeway in a corridor in macrocosm. Yeah. Jen, you got anything? Every time I, every time I think of a corridor, it turned, I'm thinking, no, wait, no, that's a Jeffrey's tube. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm giving props to your guests already. So right. well, we well we stopped Jen for the first time ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is mush. I'm still thinking about the Gascona match. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So before we wrap it up, a huge thanks to Jen Tift and John Denniston. Great to have you guys both on the show. I was wondering if you could show me how to access these subspace communications logs. And we're going to do that right now, Neelix. We're going to go to our Trek subspace communications. So any uh, anything you guys want to relay before we depart, Jen? No, just it was a joy to be able to talk about Star Trek and sports, two of my favorite things to talk about. And it was a lot of fun uh, talking about it with you guys, two really awesome Trek and sports fans. <laughs> it's glad I'm glad to know there's a... There's a lot of you guys out there. You a lot know? of crossovers. So crossover. much. And everybody check out the Snap Trek podcast. <laughs> and John, how about you, man? Glad glad to have you on, my friend. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. And yeah, two great things to talk about. Star Trek and sports. And you're having it in one conversation. It just doesn't, you just can't get any better than that. Can't so I, I just like to close out with uh, quoting A.G. Robinson from Enterprise First Flight. And I'll just say, I'll see you out there. I love it. I love it. Outstanding. All right. I want to thank everyone for engaging with us here on episode 104 of the Trek Ranks podcast. As always, I want to close by saying I'm looking forward to standing with you again here in this place where I belong. I'm trying to organize a game of hoverball. Would either of you like to join us? In the rain? No, on one of the indoor courts. Indoor hoverball. That's just wrong. I'll play. Good. That makes one. Just want to remind everyone again that the entire Trek Ranks catalog is available for you to download and listen to at trekranks.com and on your podcast player of choice. Our episodes never get carbon data, so check out the topics you've missed and maybe just want to listen to again over at trekranks.com. And a reminder to check out our friends Five Year Mission at fiveyearmission.net. They're writing a song for every episode of Star Trek, and you won't believe how great their music is. They also have a podcast at the Trek Geeks Network, so seek them out. You won't regret it. Major, what are you doing for the next few hours? I'm going off duty, so I, I thought I'd just relax. Would you like to go to a baseball game? I'd love to, sir. Good. Meet me at Hollow Suite 3 in half an hour. I'll, I'll see you there. Norris. You need one of those. 
You can get the hot dogs from Quark. Hot dogs? Oh, he'll know. <laughs>